You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, smrnation.com. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Well, Pamela. Yeah, baby. We have entered into one of my favorite months of the year. Thanksgiving. Blovember. Blovember. <laughs> Guys, he really does like the turkey, but... Well, tur- think- you, got, you can't... Hey, Thanksgiving holiday, sitting around <laughs> with family, lots and lots of food. That is one of my favorite holidays. It's yeah. our daughter's favorite holiday, too. Yeah. But you know, here at Sexy Marriage Radio, we are all about trying to heat things up and add <laughs> some variety to your life and I like your marriage too, bed. I'll just say. I like <laughs> so, it. So, uh, welcome to Blovember. Um, this is Sexy Marriage Radio, where we're having straightforward uh, anything, any topic we'll cover conversations uh, here at Sexy Marriage Radio. And if you've got something on your mind or you just want to celebrate some season along with us, you can let us know what's going on in your mind and in your world by calling us at 214 702 9565. You can also jump on the email inbox at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com, where all the emails that come in, uh, we answer them, we read them, they become shows, or we try to address some things that are off the air mm-hmm. uh, that are a little more personal with yep. the people that are reaching out for thoughts and input or resources that might be available. And so because the Sexy Marriage Radio Nation is involved, because they listen and engage with us, mm-hmm. that's what made this thing all that it is thus far. Yeah. So we're so excited that you join us each and every week. Um, there's also a couple of little things to take care of before we jump into today's episode. Okay. One, um, we've added a new little service, if you will, new little aspect to the shows recently mm-hmm. um, in that over the last two months or so, each episode that's come out, there's actually now transcripts available. Right, right. So if you go to smrnation.com to that episode, whatever the number is that you want to find, if you are the kind that would rather read it, there's the way. And so right. those of you that have been listening to this point and you're like, oh, finally, I could just read it, you'll get to read from us things. I'm assuming you might just stop the, the, the playing here and then go read. So. Right, right. <laughs> we didn't go back to episode number one, but we've no. been doing it here for a couple months. We're testing it out because we've had yep. several people email in saying, hey, we'd love it if there were some transcripts over the years. Right. So we finally um, decided, let's try this out and see if it does uh, impact some people in a different way. Yeah. Because we all learn in different ways. We do. And so sometimes offering a different medium can be a beneficial thing. And the other thing that just came down um, within the last two weeks, some re- new research has come out that says that the, the divorce rate here in the States has hit a 40-year low. Is that right? Is that... Okay, so I've got a guess on that. Is Well, tell us the what's percentage. Your no, what's your guess? I'm just guessing it's hitting a low because more people are just living together. So there's a couple of different factors, and this is where uh, research can be skewed to, to say what you want it to say at times. Okay. Um, because this is the breadth of this research um, is just taking some census data mm-hmm. and some individual data. It, it doesn't necessarily apply to add, asking the question of cohabitation instead. Okay. So it, it, that's one of those red flags. It's like, hold on, what, what about that? Because it's okay. really incredibly difficult to set up a research project that's going to cover and encompass everything. Sure. But 
what it is saying is that millennials are marrying later. Okay. So it makes it to where the the data skews in, in, a, in a more positive trend mm-hmm. because of that, because more people are well-established, mm-hmm. have careers, have already been out on their own possibly. Okay. And so now there's this, if you think about our generation in prior, you left your parents' home for a married home. Right. We did, yeah. And a lot of times millennials can possibly leave parents' home and be single, although there is that aspect of millennials that leave parents' home and come back to parents' home. Well, we, <laughs> yeah, we leave. can throw that into any generation, yeah, Absolutely. Right? But it's now showing that roughly one in three is the chance to get divorced now, rather than 50%. Wow, that's drastically so lower. That's good news. It's a big, a big shift. Yeah, so that's, right? a, that's worth that's, noting. We like that. That as the trends go through... Um, because we here at Sexy Marriage Radio are huge in favor of marriage and wanting it to thrive and, and right. be if, vital because it helps just everything in the world. It, right. It, that leaves a legacy. If you've got a strong marriage, that leads to stronger kids, stronger families, and that goes on for generations. Right. And so well, that's what we want to try to do here at Sexy Marriage Radio is mm-hmm. speak to the nation that married sex and marriage in general are worth worth going through because right. we're all better. That's right. When you're in a good marriage because it's a people growing machine. So coming up on today's regular free version of Sexy Marriage Radio is a conversation that I had with Dr. Laura Dabney, mm-hmm. who she is one of the rarer, I guess you could say, people in the field. Why is that? that? She is a psychiatrist mm-hmm. that does therapy. Okay. So yeah. she went to medical school, became a psychiatrist, and now she does the therapeutic coaching okay, rather than just the med management because most psychiatrists, they're just pushing pills. Okay, Laura doesn't follow that. And so we have a I conversation like in, the, in the free version of the show today where we're talking about selfishness and neediness mm. and some of these emotions that we can often deem as negative, mm-hmm. but in reality, they're not. Mm-hmm. So it's a fantastic okay. conversation. That's interesting. And then coming up on the extended version of Sexy Marriage Radio, which is deeper, longer, and there's no ads, you can subscribe at smrnation.com. We continue the conversation with Dr. Dabney about what do you do, what are the next steps after recognizing these different negative emotions and dealing with them in a different way, what do you do then? Mm -hmm. So we continue the conversation with a lot more practical, here's your next steps. So all that's coming up on today's show. So joining me for this segment of Sexy Marriage Radio is Dr. Laura Dabney, and she's one of the, I, I don't know if you want to put, use the word rare, Laura, but, but it, she's, there's a little bit of an exception that your training is in psychiatry, right? So it's MD, yeah. doctor, right. whereas my, my daughter talks about my PhD, doctor, I can't do anything, but MD, doctor, she can do things with. And we, we kind of laugh about that, but that kind of still hurts at times. Um, <laughs> so, but but you're, you're also one that um, you go the route of a lot of coaching and counseling, too. And that kind of puts you in a little bit of a different category, yes? Yes, yes. It's hard to explain myself <laughs> a lot of times because people think MD, medications, PhDs therapy right but i do both so it is a little complicated <laughs> okay. well that's that's good i like complicated um okay good I'm in the right place <laughs> good so so one of the things that i've come across with you and your in the work and the way you frame things is uh you you have a little bit of a different take on particularly with the way men come about things uh in the emotional arena and then in marriage 
but mm-hmm. also with the with just this idea of intimacy, selfishness, you know, there's a couple of different things that those can seem like uh, they're not good together. But you you don't really believe that, though. Right. Right. So I my big thing is trying to get people to accept all their emotions because okay. when people come to me. Uh, um, I think close to 100 percent of the time when anybody has an emotional or relationship problem, it's. It starts with them not accepting some emotion in themselves. Okay. Okay, So they've tried to bury, shove, ignore, um, malign these very basic human emotions as if if they're the problem. Right. Right. Okay. So those three tend to be uh, anger, neediness, and sadness. Okay. Those three tend to be the most difficult for people who come into my office. So. I end up doing this whole trying to normalize those uh, feelings with them. And that's where the whole, um, so, I, so, so and then the other problem is they're throwing themselves at trying to change other people. So right. they push those down. <laughs> and my whole goal is to change. So you've seen this, right? Yeah. Change the human, the human condition that if I can just get other people yeah. to change to my liking, it's going to be a whole lot easier for myself. <laughs> exactly. Yep. They, they just, you could beat their heads against the wall, right? So I come back to, you need to come back to you. You need to understand you in your feelings about what the person is doing. And then they'll go, but isn't that selfish? I'm like, okay. yes. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Okay. Like when they tell them to take a vacation or take a break, but isn't that lazy? Like, yes. And what's wrong with lazy? Right. So I get trying, it's, it's all part of trying to normalize our times being selfish Where's that line of selfish and, as you said, self-care, self-esteem, right. self-aware? Right. You know, they're putting the line way over here. Right. It's bad to sit on the couch for an hour and not do the laundry at the same time. Or to think about what they're feeling and what they want, as opposed to always investing themselves in the other person's thoughts, feelings, wants, and needs. Right. Right. So, so it really then becomes just almost like the hierarchy of priority and where am I on that? Well, yeah, well, first it's, it's all, I mean, you can't, okay. You can't, you have to dive into yourself to figure out where you're at. Okay. And that's where people get a little, like, it just can't, the idea is so foreign and scary right. to them Right. to sit in that space because they've been taught or taught they sort of brainwash themselves. I always have to be thinking about you. I can never just think about me. Then the next step is to how to, how to, or if to express that. And then this next step is being empathic to what your spouse or significant other wants and needs. Okay. Then it's the compromise. Okay. But you have to start with, if you don't know exactly where you're coming from, you're not going to be able to get to a reasonable compromise. Right, right. Because you're, you're just yeah. basically, you don't even know where the starting point is. And so the end point is going to be as nebulous as all the variables could be. Exactly. It's not going to work out for you. And then you're going to be resentful on this unconscious level. Right. And then that comes out in a negative way in your relationship because you're not really in it because it's not really, your, it's not your compromise. It's, you're right. just doing what she or he wants. Okay. And so yeah. the the three you mentioned, anger, neediness, and sadness. That's the, that's kind of the three primary things you've come across. I call them the enemy emotions. They're enemy emotions. People, okay. They're just like okay, they've made that the enemy. 
you know, as opposed to the feeling. Right. Because they don't or can't admit they're angry or upset with somebody they love. Right. That's much that makes them feel guilty. Some a lot of people think you can't do both. Right. Right. So right. So they say, well, if my anger is a problem, if I just weren't angry, I wouldn't have a problem. Which the stem of that is is still I'm um, trying to control other people. That's what because that's a, that's what I hear a sense of like, well, you make me so angry rather exactly. than hold on, <laughs> let's maybe they do, but let's own it's not just them, right? It's right. it's it's a you choice too. Exactly. Okay, and then talk to me about neediness because this is one of those things that, um, at face value, you hear the word needy. And I've even been, I'll, I'll own this, Laura. I have even been on the air. I will get into the conversations about talking about the difference between want versus need, which then leads to wanting versus needing. And neediness, to me, I've put under the category of leachy, <laughs> which that's a negative. I'll, I'll own it. Okay. I'm, I'm, okay. You own it. Okay. okay. I hear this all the time. Right. <laughs> right. right, right. So, you you come at it from a slightly different take, though. Actually, I, I think I should take the word slightly off of that that qualifier. A whole different thing, right? Okay. Neediness is normal. Okay. <laughs> it, just like anger, sadness, any of that. Um, so I think what people... So, so, in fact, neediness is the cornerstone of all relationships. I mean, why are you in a relationship unless you need companionship or need significant other, need sex? I mean, what? It's all about need. Right. So what people do, and I, and I see what you're doing, is, is they are, uh, they've linked neediness and um, cloying, clinging, which is really a lack of empathy. It's not the neediness that's the problem. Okay. If I have a need. If I have a need for you to, to help me, I, I need you know some help with moving my car. Right. Or getting my, fixing my car. And you say, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I can't do that. I've got... 10 other things to do today, then it's not your, it, and that's when the person who's healthy says, oh, no problem. You know, right. And they take their need, which right. is fine, and go somewhere else. Okay. Yeah. So it's not linked. It's just like anger. I mean, I say, what's wrong with anger? People go, oh, I don't want to hurt anybody. They've linked <laughs> anger and shooting somebody, you know, like it's tied like this. I'm like, no, no. Right. There's a mile right. between neediness and being cloyy, clinging, and Okay. Whatever. So so you're basically trying to get down to the the root of this in the sense that the emotions in and of themselves, the fact that you're going to experience this this feeling, this response, this reaction. All right, let's just keep that there. Let's 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 look I, at it while it's there, not necessarily how we can then uh, add too close of a link like you're describing of well, it's the actions associated with that's the problem. Well, well, yes, but those actions are 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 probably further down the road than just right now. Exactly. exactly. Okay. Which I, I like that. That's a good that's a good framework because if you think about it, um, emotions. This is one of my beliefs. Emotions are largely kind of neutral. If you yeah. if you if you put it, and then we add the value mm-hmm. structure because some what one person's anger could be something that drives them to something great. Whereas someone, another person's anger is really, really destructive. Exactly. Okay. I I call that constructive or destructive aggression. There is destructive aggression, but there's also constructive aggression, such as swerving out of the way of a baby or, you know, going for a gold medal or, you know, so 
and so people have lumped them all into bad and I'm I feel like I'm the first three months of therapy are untying all those <laughs> okay. knots that people have created, you know, so not all anger is bad. You're talking, like you said, the action is right. totally right. separate miles apart from the feeling. So it's basically, how do I just give myself permission or room to experience the feeling in and of itself as it is? Yes. Okay. Exactly. So, and that's a very private thing. Yes, you it is. People also think it's all that something can be on their face or public. It's like no, it's a very private. You have to give yourself that privacy to be able to feel and work those things out and know exactly what you're feeling before you can do anything effective with those feelings. Okay. And so, once you kind of get to where, because the other one was sadness, which that's the interesting one too, that. Um, in appropriate contexts, sadness is one of those, oh, I totally get it. But after like two or three weeks of a loss, it's like, yeah, you got to suck it up. You can't be sad anymore, right? I mean, isn't that kind of what society kind of unspokenly is pushing towards? Well, Which I mean, is not good. I'm not, I'm not saying maybe. it's a great thing. But. <laughs> well, society maybe, but you, you, you can't just suck it up. If you're sad, you're sad for two weeks, three <laughs> weeks, four weeks. I mean, that's what grieving is. Perfect. Now, if exactly. you're unempathic, if you're unempathic and miss that somebody is tired of hearing about your grief, well, then it's not your grief that's the problem. It's there. You need to move on and express that with somebody else. Okay. Not to turn around and say, oh, I shouldn't be sad because your society is upset about it. Because my sadness is making you upset. So therefore, yes. if I continue down this sadness with you, you're that's selfish of me. Ah, see what I did there? I kind of brought it back in <laughs> to where right. it should be. Actually, right. yes, it is. And that's okay. So why don't I find better avenues to express that and deal with that? I, I need another avenue now, right? Okay. I like where you're going with this, Laura, because I think that this is the idea of just really enhancing my own life in my own experience, not trying to diminish it or deny it or avoid it, which... Yeah. Haven't we, in your experience, especially in married life and growing up in families, because we're not even talking about the whole aspect of parenting and how this plays we're out. We're both parents. We're both parents. We both yep. have been down that road. Right. So, But it's that element of realizing there's a training ground of roles I've been taught that isn't necessarily how am I as a person within those roles, am I freely choosing them? Am I engaging in them or am I just playing them? Which is, I think what leads to the whole idea of, well, I can't be mad about that or I can't express that or because that's not what a good girl does or a, a good guy does or, and this is just yeah. trying to quintessentially experience, you know, experience being human, right? I love that. Yes. It's <laughs> all about being human, I mean, you, it, and it's impossible. I mean, you cannot get rid of these feelings. It's a fantasy that you can shove them down and they'll just go away because as you've seen and I've seen all the time, they end up coming out, leeching out in some much more destructive way right. if you haven't processed them. Okay. And so, I work with, like I work with veterans and they come in, you know, Vietnam veterans. Why am I still so, you know, distraught over this like because you haven't been experiencing it you've been bearing 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 so it's still there okay and so when you're talking about trying to help people just experience it what's so for the listeners of sexy marriage radio what's 
when when they're kind of hearing this thought process and 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 liking where this is going, what's something they can do when it's when it's this is striking home with them? What's what's the next step? Well, it's, it's first of all figure out what your an, enemy emotion is. If you can nail that down, um, and typically, and then what you usually do to cover it up. So what what is it? And you usually have to go backwards. You usually have to find the cover up and then work backwards. Right. So I often, um, people talk about journaling a lot, but I talk about journaling with a purpose. So it isn't just journaling, it's going back over and going, okay, look, I, I see this pattern of where right. I right. have said, you know, you need to, you need to, you need to every time I'm angry about something or something like that. So. Okay. And so that way then you've, you've kind of nailed down, here's my, here's my emotion that that's, right. that's become my my issue, my struggle, my, my go-to even that I haven't really felt it to be able to heal it. Right. And then it's that matter of catching it, catching it as much as you can and then giving yourself space. I always talk about giving yourself, um, especially with your significant other, I talk about giving yourself that private space. People talk about date night and all, but that's fine. And it's important, but I even encourage a daily something where you have just your private time and it's, you don't have to be talking, but it gives you that chance to unpack that bag should you need it. Because our lives get so busy and we're running around. Right. Um, so if you have that daily, like my husband and I have coffee in bed every morning. We wake up early to do that. Yeah. I know other uh, some patients who have um, brunch in the garden every Saturday and other people who have us after the kids go to bed and they're yeah. doing the dishes together. Right. So it's it's that chance to just reflect. Okay. And just think about, okay. So what, uh, there was something I was pissed off about. What was that? What, oh, yeah, that guy. What did he say at lunch? Right. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. so this is, your- this is a deeper sharing, not just a let's talk about the day. Hey, how did the day go? This is a, hold on, I want to go to the underneath it all, and I want to share that with you. Well, maybe. First, it's reflecting. First, okay. going through your head and okay. giving your time space to what was I was I angry? What, what was the feeling? What was I? What was it all about? And then because sometimes venting is all we need because our significant other is someone we can trust. Yep. We can go ahead and vent. And that may be it. You may find the anger at your coworker is gone by the time you get to work. Yeah. And then you don't even need to talk to about it with him or her. But so it just is that that space and time to think about it a little. Okay. And I like that because in essence, this is that this, from what I know of you, this is what breeds intimacy. Yeah. Right. Because it's, I'm bringing myself a little more transparently to the situation in my relationship and most importantly to my own life. Exactly. And that's what intimacy is opening up to someone that you don't do with anybody else. Right. You can share that stuff with your partner or spouse, as long as they're comfortable with it and they're not saying, please stop, then you're good to go. And that may be the most of it. And and then you know something about each other that nobody else knows about you. Right. And this is, it goes back to also what you just mentioned earlier too, of that. Don't we also sometimes have it wrong in the sense of, we think intimacy is, well, what I know about you, you go first, <laughs> right? In a sense that rather than, no, nah, I think this is me having to you know, be vulnerable to actually create that possibility, which is a incredible risk. But if I'm being selfish and if I'm looking out for my emotions and I'm honoring myself in better ways, I think that's, I can handle that risk better. Well, it's interesting. He's going to bring up that, bring up that little point there where you're more vulnerable if you share an emotion. 
that that's actually not true okay. because you're the, you're the exact same person with the exact same strengths. The minute before you say, really Fair. irritated, right? You're just, it's it again. It's a fantasy that somehow you're more vulnerable if you say an emotion. I had some patients say, but then they could say no, then they could hurt me. I was like, you can always be hurt. Right. How many times you've been hurt? Just walking down the street, someone steps on your toe. It has nothing to do with you saying an emotion. Okay. It's going to hurt any more. If someone says no to you, it's not going to hurt any more if you said an emotion first or not. Okay. Okay. So So that's just basically trying to confront the the myth we have in our life of how we're trying to control this, our existence in a sense, and those around us as self-protection, when in reality, that's a myth. Right. We're all vulnerable to being hurt all the time. <laughs> okay. You're more vulnerable when you're five and when you're 85 than when you're 45, but y- your strengths and weaknesses are, are the same. Okay. No, I, 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 I agree with that. I like, I like the way you frame this because it's really just trying to get down to the core of the human existence and then add to it that layer of complexity of close proximity to other humans and their existences. And man, now we got a recipe for all kinds of stuff that we couldn't even possibly control other than how am I in my own existence? Right. All all you have control over is you, your emotions and how you express them. That's all in your control. And that's where people get so mixed up when they start with the whole, like you were saying, you know, I need to, you, you need to stop. So I feel better. Right. Like, but, you can do something to make yourself feel better and should. Right. <laughs> that's, that's the definition of being an adult. You can care for yourself now. Okay. You don't have to force someone else to try to change. Yeah, but careful. You can't do anyway. Or that could be selfish. I'm joking with you, you know. Selfish. It's a good thing. <laughs> well, that's what's so funny about, because I just think of the concept of that word that, that in the way I frame it with my clients is the only time that's really used on you is when someone wants you to stop doing something they don't want you to do, which is selfish right. in and of itself as they're yes, asking exactly. it. So, I love that. So it is a bad rap. It, it does get a bad rap on, wait, hold on. You know, if, if it's really to somebody's detriment or it's, it's yeah. egregious, okay, hold on. We got something we need to talk about. But if it's just yeah. moving into your own existence with someone else, why, why not? Right. So I say it tongue-in-cheek. Because it's, I have to challenge all the time people's myths about their feelings. So, you know, the whole, what's wrong with being a little selfish? Well, you know, then they have to start thinking about where's that line. Right. I I had this old woman on a plane sitting next to me once and they did the whole hydromassic oxygen mask on first before she she goes, I hate it when they say that. I said, why? (laughs) It's so selfish. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like okay <laughs> wow okay but they say it for a reason absolutely because if you don't uh, this is the way i frame it that if i don't have a self i can't really help anybody else i can't give to other people i can't serve i can't i can't be who i really am trying to be if i flip that to where because most people i have found that struggle most with the whole concept of selfishness is it's the ones that they really wear that label of servant, yeah. right? That it's yeah. self, I, I am selfless, right? right. Which, right. okay, but, 
self is is it, it's presupposing you've got something to give, <laughs> right? Yeah. That that there's that, a part of you. Other that, that other if that's not the case, it's a doormat. Right. That's exactly right. All right. So Laura, how to tell tell people with the Sexy Marriage Radio Nation? How can they find you and the work that you do? Uh, the best um, website for me, I've got two, but the easiest one to remember is lauradadney.com. And then I have lauradadneycom is my Instagram and lauradadneymd is my Facebook page. Okay, perfect. Well, Laura, thank you so much for the work that you do and the way you help frame things for people, because I think <laughs> it's a, I think it's a vital, I mean, if nothing else, if you can disrupt somebody's pattern on what what we've thought and believed and and give them a different one that's that's better in the sense of hold on let's let's really kind of nail this into what what's what's the primary route you need to go rather than all these other things that's the truism i have of those that can't control themselves will seek to control everything around them so yeah. how do you flip that thing to to get more of my own experience at at the center then right. we're all better off. So thank you so much. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you so much for helping me express that so well. <laughs> so I love that each and every week, Pam, we get a chance to explore different avenues of married life mm-hmm. and sex, and that uh, we have a variety of different guests that'll come on and add a different take to some of the things we haven't thought of or talked about in a, in a certain or specific way. Right, right. It seems like an endless supply of um, viewpoints and topics. Oh, <laughs> right? there absolutely is an endless supply mm-hmm. of information that we can find. Mm-hmm. And our hope here at Sexy Marriage Radio is that all of it steers you in your relationship to being the absolute best it can be. Right. Because none of this is easy sometimes. Mm-mm. We all go through seasons where... Man, you can just feel like you're under attack in your marriage where everything goes wrong and you're not clicking. And man, we want to say stick with it. Yeah. Because it's worth it. Yeah. And it can, you can come out the other side uh, so much better and so much stronger. Yeah. So this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us. We'll see you next time.